going on out there, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Taking in the Man Cave Huddle, I am your host, Greg, and I truly appreciate the time that you're taking out of your schedule because I know you ain't got nothing but time during this quarantine period and you're choosing to listen to another episode, so I thank you. Um, hey, look, man, we still here. We still got another house party episode going on until this pandemic comes to an end. So in this episode, I just want to talk about a couple things that's going on in college football, as well as the developmental league, also known as the G League and the NBA. But I also wanted to um, talk about, you know, what's going on right now and what's been transpiring with me. Um, you know, the other day with this whole pandemic that we're, we're suffering from and the social distancing, my neighbor had a birthday on a Saturday. So all of a sudden I, I hear all these cars pull up in front of his house and they're all honking the horns. And I'm thinking like, what's going on right now? Like why are all, uh, uh, you can call him. They didn't say that you can't call if you're too scared to go up and ring this man's doorbell. And there was like six, seven cars outside. So when he comes outside, people all get out of their cars, stand in front of their cars to maintain the social distancing and they all sing happy birthday to him. And they had a big, one of those cardboard size, like huge cards that said happy birthday to him. And everybody was out there maintaining social distance, but just wanted to come and show him some love. And for me, that just shows like, Hey, where we are right now. But that dude has a lot of love because for him to have his family drive separately in their own cars, wearing face masks, everybody maintaining social distance, standing in the street just to wish this man a happy birthday. I mean, that says a lot to the character of who he is and who his friends and family are. Now, moving right along, you know, the other day, I heard a real interesting question. And the question was, what do you miss most about sports? And it popped right into my head when I heard that question. I miss the schedule of sports because I love sports so much and my life is so wrapped around it. It's like, I know what time of year it is or what month it is. If you tell me what sporting event is going on. I mean, if it's the NBA finals, it's early June. If we're talking Super Bowl, we're talking February. We're talking uh, we're talking NCAA tournament. We're talking March, late March. Right? I mean, we're talking baseball. We're talking June, July, August, September. You come home on a Friday during the base, during the basketball season, and what do you do? You know, you come home, you settle down, and you check ESPN, see if anybody's going off 50 points. Is there a good game going on right now? All right, cool. During football season, what do you do on a football Sunday or, or Monday night football? You get home mad early. Get everything done that you got to get done and you get ready for that nine o'clock game. Baseball, baseball is that event where it's on every day. So you don't need to watch every game, but you just need to maybe have it on as background noise because there's always a game on. And to me, you wake up, you turn on that sports center and what happened last night? Were any records broken? Who had a great game? What's going on in the world of sports? But now it's like, because there's nothing going on, it's just each day is the same. That's how they, you know, so for me, 
when you when when I heard that question, what do I miss most about sports? I just miss the schedule of it. Just, you know, waking up and being excited to know about like what happened, what day of the week it is, things of that nature. Now, a um, couple of things I wanted to bring up was uh, college football. Now, there's a couple of things going on with college football. They are talking about potentially shortening the season. They are potentially talking about pushing the season to next spring. And they are potentially talking about, obviously, the playing with no fans. I mean, that is probably a reality. But they're talking about having games being played when campuses are closed. Now, for me, this is out of all those scenarios, I have a problem with having a draft next spring and not having it no bat, no football season this year. And I'm sorry, I said the draft, the uh, end of the college football season next spring. And having campuses closed to where you have no students, no anybody on campus, everybody's doing virtual schooling, but yet you're going to have the athletes on campus like they are okay to be out there and putting their health at risk to catching the virus just so these colleges can make some money. I mean, I don't want to say this exposes college and college football, but it does. And I love college football. Don't get me wrong. I was really excited about this upcoming season. I mean, my Notre Dame Irish, they had a really good recruiting class. And I was excited to see about what book it what Ian could do this season, his final season as a senior. And it just makes me feel like you go sit there and put their health at risk just so you guys can make a buck. If you're going to close the campus and say that regular students can't be on campus, that you can't have nothing at all, man. That is not right to sit there and make them boys sit there and play sports knowing they're going to be running into each other, bumping into each other, sweat going to be sitting there, you know, being exchanged. And you're going to sit there and tell me that's okay? Nah, bro. I'm not buying that. And if you're going to push the football season to starting earlier next season or or pushing football to the spring, let me let me say something about that. What kind of sense does that make? Where the draft is going to happen, okay? The draft is going to happen next week. Well, I should say next week. It's April. The draft is going to happen in April, right? So you mean to tell me they're going to start the season when? In May? So let's say a player that gets drafted number one. Why am I going to play the football season if I just got drafted? What is my incentive for doing that? Does a team want to draft a player that is about to play a season that could potentially have a career-ending or a significant injury that could change his style of play? That's not going to work. So that, to me, is an idea I think should be scrapped. If you're going to play this year, either A, push the season back, shorten the season, and play with no fans. If not, then start next year and start it the regular way you would. And uh, uh, when it comes to eligibility, you're going to have to allow whatever these classes are. Fifth-year seniors will become sixth-year seniors, and the seniors will be able to maintain their eligibility if they choose and come back next year if they want to. 
That's the right thing to do. I mean, in this situation right now, when you're talking about this virus and this upcoming NFL draft, there are so many players that are being affected that that's what should be spoken about. And it's not, you're not hearing a lot about it. What about the HBCUs, the historical black colleges and universities? Or what about players that play at small-time universities that maybe not at a combine? Maybe a coach knows a coach and says, hey, fly this kid in and work him out. He's a real deal. Do you know how many players that get drafted because they didn't come to see that specific player? They came to see another player and they were like, who is that guy? Khalil Mack. The stud that was at the Oakland, on the Oakland Raiders and got traded to Chicago Bears. He went to Buffalo. So you mean to tell me they're going to sit there and find those diamond in the roughs when you can't even fly these players in to work them out? What's going to happen now is you're going to have a draft of players that are just going to be drafted from the Clemsons, uh, Alabamas, Ohio States, Notre Dames, Michigans. Oregon's schools like that churn out pros every year, the Florida State schools that churn out NFL players year after year after year after year after year. You're not going to sit there and say, well, this kid had a really good season at so-and-so school, but you can't work him out. So how do you know if he's really good or if it just wasn't a one-year wonder? Man, I'm happy. I'm not like a GM or a head coach to have to deal with those type of issues. But in terms of college football, there's a lot going on right now. A lot going on over there. But, hey, look, in a couple months, it could all be a moot point, and things turn for the better in terms of you can have players, uh, maybe you can have students on campus. I don't know how that will work with social distancing, but we'll figure out how that is going to work. But, I mean, hopefully things will get better in the ensuing months. Now, another topic I wanted to talk about was the top college prospect has decided. And when I say top college, I mean this kid, Jalen Green, is the number one prospect in America. And he's chosen to play and skip college and go to the G League. And this kid is very fortunate because LaMelo Ball and R.J. Hampton were in this class, but they both chose to go play professionally overseas, which basically left this kid, which was, I'm not going to knock him because I haven't seen him play, but people have said that the RJ that LaMelo Ball and R.J. Hampton would have been one and two, and this kid would have been three. And, ben- and Jalen Green benefited from those two leaving, and now he now is the number one prospect who's chosen to go to the NBA Developmental League, also known as the G League. Now, the league initiative is going to pay this kid $500,000. And they're going to provide a one-year developmental program outside this minor league traditional team structure. So basically what it is is that you're going to go to the G League and they're going to give you NBA-type coaching, you're going to be placed in NBA-type situations and scenarios, and you're going to be taught the NBA game because we all know the college game is different from the NBA game. So I don't. I, I, do I think that this is going to be a trend that a lot of kids are going to follow? I, I don't want to say lots of kids 
I want to say some kids, and it also depends on the individual too, because not every kid wants to go to play professional ball right out of college. I mean, Zion Williamson wanted to come back to Duke, but his parents looked at him like, are you bugging? You better take that number one overall draft pick money. And even, even Coach K was probably like, look, bro, I want you to come back, but I got this other kid that I recruited and he's supposed to start, so you need to go. And he went to the NBA and it worked out for him. But what about those players where it's like they need a couple years in the, in, in college to develop a skill set? I mean, North Carolina has players where they come in as freshmen and you sit there and say to yourself, they can't play. And then after a couple of years, Roy Williams develops them and he's churned out a couple of players that have wound, wound up being lottery picks. Why don't you look at Mr. Johnson last year who got drafted by the Phoenix Suns? He was a transfer senior and wound up making himself a lottery pick. Now, that doesn't happen for everybody. But what I'm saying is some players need good coaching at the college level to develop their skills a little bit more. Or what about just, let's keep it real. Maybe dudes just want to party, hang out with girls, and live the college life. Because, I mean, when you go to Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, all those top programs, they probably have some of the most elite facilities, maybe some better than the G League. So you're getting elite facilities, you're meeting all types of girls, getting invited to all types of parties, you're not flying commercial. You're flying probably, you know, a private jet. I don't say a private jet, but a chartered jet. Food, all that taken care of. All you got to do is just show up and blow up. And in the G League, I'm sure it's a lot different. I mean, I'm sure it's it's one thing to sit there and say I'm 18 years old and I'm playing against maybe a senior that's 21 years old, but you're still around the same type of strength where you're 18 years old and now you're playing somebody that's 28. He got that grown man strength. He got that, this is what an elbow in the chest feels like and I do it in a way where the rest can't see. Or dudes hating on you because they're making $75,000 a year where here you, you got half a million. And people are hating on you just for that. And you gonna play because there's no reason for you to sit on the bed. You gonna play. So there's also that aspect of it, the maturity, the mental, can you handle that? Because when you're in college, it's one thing to sit there and say, you're hanging out with all your buddies, playing video games, hanging out with girls, as opposed to you're on the road in the G League and you got groupies and you got guys that probably don't like you and you're in a hotel room by yourself. So I think some kids like... Not every not every five-star prospect is going to be able to do this. I mean, not every kid is going to be a Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, or LeBron James. Those kids stepped in, and from day one, they were able to hold their own, and all of them, well, LeBron isn't there yet, but all three of them eventually will be Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame players. But not all kids coming out of high school have that type of work ethic, dedication, mental capacity, maturity. But I also understand the kid that, how should I say, 
comes from nothing. Like, look at a LeBron James. They said, I think, growing up, he was moving from here to there every year of his life. He had no solid backbone or structure. It was just him and his mom, and they were moving everywhere. So a kid like that, I could see him saying, I want to go to the G League because I literally just want to have some money to support my mom, myself, and my family. But then let's say you're Kevin Garnett or Kobe Bryant. They weren't struggling for money coming up. They could have gone to college. So a kid like that might sit there and say, yeah, I could go to the G League, but I just want to go to college and have fun. I don't need the money. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I think it's going to depend on the situation of the player and the maturity of the player. Because nobody came in like Kobe Bryant and had that work ethic, dedication, and commitment to being great from day one. Now, I will say this. The NCAA now does have competition. Because what's going to happen now is kids are going to sit there and say, "Eh, eh, 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 this is allegedly, 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 allegedly. I'm not saying I have proof of this. But if the NBA is giving this kid, Jalen Green, half a million dollars to go to the G League and not go to college, how much do you think colleges are playing kids to go there? Because the NBA has to outbid them, right? So let's say a college pays a kid $250,000 to go sit there and go to, go to their school. And the NBA comes in and says, we're going to give you good coaching. But we're going to give you $100,000. Why would I go to the G League and get great NBA coaching when I could go to college, have fun, and probably get picked number one overall anyway? Right? So that lets you know how much money, allegedly, these kids are probably getting underneath the table. And the NBA is just going to come in, scoop them up, and make the kids decide, do I want to go to college or not? Now, at first, I thought, could this be a crippler for NCAA college basketball? Could this be something where there's going to be no talent? But part of what makes the tournament great is what we didn't see this year is a team like Dayton, where they had a couple seniors. One is is, is, is an All-American, going to be a top, I think, number one overall pick, if not a top 10 pick. Schools like a Dayton, where they don't come around every year. They come around maybe every four years, where it's a bunch of seniors and juniors. And you sit there and you just get that Cinderella. Oh, what about, remember, um, Texas Tech a couple years ago and Virginia? Both of those teams caught lightning in the bottle and reached the finals. Granted, Virginia had some NBA talent, but Texas Tech, they had a player that had to stay there a couple years, but he was a lottery pick, but he had to stay there for a couple years. So I think in terms of, like, it's not going to cripple college basketball, but I do think not having a Zion Williamson, maybe losing a Cole Anthony, it's gonna not put uh, 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 it's it's gonna put a little dent where now you're not gonna get those epic Kentucky Duke matchups. You might just get good games, not great games. But I'll tell you this: I mean, um, when I when, when when this goes down, it's gonna make me feel as though that kids are really going to stress what is going to make me want to choose college life over pro life. Because now it's not going to be like, let's say Arizona is saying, I'll I'll bid you, I'll give you $250,000. That's cool. But why should I come to your school and not go to the G League? Oof, that's tough. That is tough, tough, tough. But I mean, I think that 
it's a good thing what the G League is doing because there are a lot of kids that know, like a Kobe, like I said, like a, a Garnett, like a LeBron James. They knew they were going to the NBA. Everybody knew they were going to the NBA. So why waste your time going to college for a year like Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, uh, Nasir Little? Like a lot of these kids knew they had to go to college or go overseas and they didn't want to go overseas. So now if you want to go and get paid early, you could do that. But if you want to go to college, you could do that too. So, I mean, it, it's cool. We'll see how that works out. So, another edition here in uh, the quarantine edition of the house party on the Man Cave Huddle. As I end this episode with a positive quote, this is the oldie, but it's always a goodie. Well done is better than well said. Well done is always better than well said. Thank you, and bye-bye, everybody.